State of Digital Publishing is a publication and community for digital publishing and media professionals in new media and technology. In this episode, we speak with Trudeep Shetty, CEO of Quintype, about delivering multi-platform solutions to publishers. Quintype is a technology company that focuses on building a suite of digital publishing solutions to simplify content creation, distribution, audience engagement, and monetization at scale. Let's begin. Hi, Chidip. How are you? Hi, Vahey. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. It's a pleasure. I got the recommendation to speak to you from Vivek because um, I know that you guys are doing very interesting things with the digital platform solutions that you're offering. And it seems that a lot of people are going more towards a headless CMS solution and there's a lot more automation that's happening with uh, AI and machine learning. So I definitely want to speak to you more about digital publishing solutions uh, today. But just before we jump into the case study that you have for us today, I wanted our audience to get to know a bit more about your background and what Quintype does in general. So I run this company called Quintype. We work with digital publishers across the world. We've got uh, search, we've got analytics inbuilt uh, into the system. We've got syndication as well. We've also got other modules for, let's say, monetization. Uh, A lot of publishers we see across the world are moving away from ad-based monetization towards reader revenue. And to enable that, we've got the entire module to enable reader revenue, subscriptions, paper, article, if the need be, raising uh, campaigns, Kickstarter-style campaigns, all of that that we can talk about during this uh, conversation. Also, we've got an engagement tool for comments and reactions as well. These are everything that a publisher would use. Apart from that, we've also got an easy-to-use page builder system. So we see a lot of times publishers want to go live quickly, and then iterate over design. And this usually used to be a very expensive process, like changing the design required a whole bunch of developers to come on board, or you're changing themes, changing plugins, and all of that. We're trying to make it as simple to publishers where they can do smaller changes and see what works on design for them. And that's something that's available as a page builder. Also, we've got um, uh, mobile apps on both iOS and Android that a lot of publishers use on our platform, which is fairly easy to build, which should usually a mobile app takes anywhere between three to six months to start building. We've cut down that cycle to about one to two weeks. Um, So all of that is what we offer publishers. And in the future, we're building a lot more tools for publishers to use. There will be videos inbuilt into the CMS. There's going to be A-B testing. There's going to be a whole recommendation that comes in, recommendation engine that comes in. A whole bunch of these kind of products that will form the entire suite for digital publishers. There is a race on in many people providing digital publishing solutions, ones from the likes of, you know, with Washington Post, Arc Publishing to other ones, which are more like a add-on integration, like Storage Chief. Um, I know that everyone's running towards reader revenue, but what's the main challenge do you think publishers are trying to resolve now? Is it more the fact that they can partner with more publishers on, on a new ecosystem or is it just more flexibility, like you said, or, or what do you think is the current situation? Because this has been something that, has happened for a few years now, but what's the current thing that they're trying to resolve? Sure, a great question. Uh, I don't think there's this one thing that publishers can put their hand on, right? That's, this digital landscape is basically under such a transformation, under such a disruption that there are new things coming every day. And it doesn't help that Google and Facebook is changing that landscape every single time. There's new formats, new channels, suddenly Google updates its algorithm and every publisher get takes a hit in their uh, search engine ranking. Uh, SEO strategies keep updating every few months. 
So there's a whole bunch of things that publishers need to take care of. And it's not that they can focus on just prioritization through one part of it. So if you were to look at from a publisher's shoes, I think the North Star metric will be increasing audience engagement, increasing the size of the audience itself. Before you try and increase your size of the audience and better audience engagement, you're not going to move towards better revenues in any form. You're not going to be monetizing your content in any uh, way better than what you're doing already. So to do this, publishers use a very set of tools. One part of it is trying better engagement in terms of design capabilities, trying much better different content formats. It could be a live blog. It could be photo stories. Videos are very engaging. The whole, at some point, if you look a few years ago, there used to be these clickbaity headlines coming in from some of the modern digital publishers, like yeah. uh, which Game of Thrones character are you and stuff. And those were the times that people used to click on it, but now that's getting penalized by Google. So things will move on. Whatever is working today may not work in 2022. So, and publishers need to really catch up with that. And that's what we're enabling publishers to do, which is you want to change your templates and design. You think certain design elements may not work for your audience. You should be able to change it within a few minutes and see how it works for your audience. Or you should be able to test it with a few, just a fraction of your audience to see which design works better. So all of that is what we're looking at working with publishers. Uh, now coming down to your second question about reader revenue and monetization through subscriptions. I think it's still early days. Um, you're right that a lot of publishers still monetize through ads and it's the legacy of print systems, right? So if you look at newspapers and magazines, it's always been ad monetized. Whatever you pay for the magazine is just pretty much paying for the print of that magazine. The rest of it is actually coming through ads itself, even the same thing for newspapers. And the same analogy was taken for digital itself. For a long period of time, all content on the net was free. And that's gotten users to a habit saying that, why do I need to pay for content? Yeah. And a lot of publishers, a lot of readers don't really pay for content right now. But what we're seeing is a slow shift towards paying for content. If you look at a lot of users leaving outside news, right? Almost everybody subscribes to a Netflix or a Amazon Prime. And they're willing to pay pretty good rates for that kind of service, even if they don't use it regularly, because there's original content on it that they don't get anywhere else on the net. The same thing is what publishers are moving towards, which is not reusing the same wire kind of content, but if they're able to give you deep opinionated pieces, investigative journalism, certain things that you do not find on other publishers, I think readers are willing to pay. And the first wave of where readers are willing to pay that we see is financial news sites. Because if a financial news site is helping you make money through some kind of a differentiated information that you're getting out of the site, you're willing to pay that money out there. And we see that through financial news sites, especially in India, almost every financial news site right now is behind a paywall. And people are subscribing to it. We see people are subscribing to good content in the US, particularly during the Trump administration, there was a huge bump in subscriptions in the US. Yeah. Just because of the kind of fake news that was available and people could not differentiate between what is good news and what's fake news. And they were willing to pay the price for, let's say, a, a New York Times or a Wall Street Journal or Washington Post to get that actual authentic news. And I think that trend is going to continue. We are just in the point of these shifts in this industry. It's going to take a good 5-10 years before people realize that they need to pay for good content. But that genesis is happening right now. It's getting to a point where audience will slowly move towards paying for content in various countries. And we'll see probably different models. It, it won't be that you'll be paying for content for every publication you see. You, you'd probably see something like bundles coming in the future where you can buy a bundle subscription of, say, New York Times or, let's say, The Sun or The Observer or anything else in Australia or uh, The Times of India. And all of this would come together as a bundle 
that lets you read all of these newspapers at a particular cost. So you will see this entire industry evolving over a period of time is what I think. Definitely the bundled solution. That's a whole based in itself in another conversation, I think. And I definitely would like to have a chat with you on that and another time as well. But I think you mentioned uh, about financial news sites. And I think that's a good segue in actually speaking about the journey that you guys had with Bloomberg Queen particularly since they're very business and financial stock sort of driven. And what happened when they came to you? What was the main thing besides, you know, obviously wanting to upgrade their platform? What, what did they come to you with, with the problem? Actually, uh, Bloomberg Quint is an interesting story. Uh, we worked with them since the very first day. So they did not have any other platform. Quintype was the very first platform they went on with. We were talking to the team when it was just getting formed and they were looking at a lot of requirements around syndication of content from Bloomberg, syndication of videos from Bloomberg and all of that. And they were evaluating various platforms. With Quintype, we had already solved quite a bit of those needs already. And we were willing to build certain things which were very custom for what Bloomberg Quint required. And we worked very closely with that team. That's uh, the Bloomberg Queen team has been phenomenal, actually. We've got some of the best journalists out there. They've got some of the best SEO folks, marketing folks out there. We've been working across all of those divisions with them very, very closely in helping better the product as well as the experience for the readers for Bloomberg Quint. They've seen a phenomenal growth in India. They've seen absolute great growth over the last few years. And since about 2018, if I'm right, they introduced a paywall where they said, okay, we are going to be looking at uh, monetizing our content. And that was an experiment, right? Because back then, not too many Indian publishers were putting content behind a paywall. Bloomberg Quint was probably one of the first few that went there. It's pretty interesting. So what happened um, in 2018 when they initially rolled that out? What was the initial reaction? Yes, I think everybody expected the audience to go down and the engagement to go down and all of that. But of course, it it did go down. The moment you put a paywall, you start seeing a lot more reduced audience coming to your site, right? Reduced page views. But over a period of time, that's come back. That's They've actually gotten back to a point where things are improving. They've gotten back to a point where reader engagement is much higher and much better quality of readers because people are paying for their content. They're reading a lot more news on their site. That's what we're seeing at this point with Bloomberg Quint. Nice. I think that was really good. Like with uh, Bloomberg Quint, they're probably fortunate to start off with you guys because there's no legacy issues. It's all from scratch and all the capabilities they can have from the get-go. With uh, Quintype, uh, is the full suite of solutions available or is it tiered-based? Or depending on how much you can give insights to our audience, what were the fundamental solution they had when they started off with you guys? So when they started, they just used only the CMS. We built a very custom front-end for them. So Quintech has two options. One is a full-stack CMS where we provide you design capabilities as well, where you'll be able to use our page builder and change your design. But that also comes with certain restrictions that you need to work within the design framework that we provide. On the other end, we provide a pure headless CMS that can connect to any front-end and you can build your own custom front-end. And that's what we did with Bloomberg Quint. Initially, back in 2016, when they started, they were using only the CMS. They were using the custom front-end and they were using our syndication service. Uh, Bloomberg Quint syndicates quite a few, uh, hundreds of or hundreds of thousands of stories every day from Bloomberg.com. And we would syndicate using the syndication service to bring in all that content as well. And over a period of time, I think we built the stock uh, specific pages, anything to do with market and index related data. If you look at stories, stories are generally unstructured data. They're free form text, there's images, there's photos, and that's mainly what it is. But when you look at stock particular data, right, that's very structured data. You look at how the stock has performed in the last few hours, what are the peers in that industry, 
uh, what is the promoter holding, all of that. So we built the entire system to even manage such structured data. We connect automatically to it, to the index, to the stock exchange itself, get live data and save that on our systems to present that to your users. So all of this is, is something that we built along with Bloomberg Quint to handle structured data as well. As I said, over a period of time, they started looking at subscriptions. They used our tool called Access Type initially back in 2018. They were one of the first few publishers to even bring in the option to pay per article, if you like. And you don't necessarily need to subscribe per story. So you could pay roughly about 18 rupees, which is about 40 cents, I guess, in Australia. They were willing to say pay per story instead of subscribing. And you can sample stories instead of subscribing for three to six months. Over a period of time, they've realized that they want to build that relationship with subscribers. And that's where Bloomberg Quint is headed towards in terms of subscriptions. You, I believe you can still buy articles one after the other if you like, but it's more expensive at this point if you're reading one article at a time rather than just subscribing for three to six months at a stretch. So just taking a quick step back, did you use natural language generation to spit out the articles with the structured data or what was the model that you guys used to help them with setting up the approach? No, it, it would not be automatic at that point of time. We don't use NLP at this point of time, but the idea is to move towards an NLP-based system where if they're writing an article about, let's say, stock prices of Reliance or Tata Group or something like that, and that could be automatically plugged in out there saying that this is the live price of Tata Group. Today, what they do is if they're writing a story, they will add tags of all the stocks that are in that story. It could be, let's say, they're writing a story about Wipro, Infosys, and Tata, and they would add tags of all those three stocks, and that would show up with the story out there. It will show up somewhere within the article of the story, you mean? Yes, it will show up. There's very custom design on their story pages, so there's a place where all the stocks mentioned in that story show up, and that's basically how they do it. No, I think that that still definitely makes it much more quicker to go live with the stories and you know improves a lot of efficiencies so and that's awesome you, you mentioned like it mentions on the website as well about artificial intelligence is was that mostly that that component of helping them to distribute their content or, or build up the content or what was the artificial intelligence component of helping them scale up and better utilize the, their publishing at this point we don't have too much on the ai part of it uh, right now what I think Bloomberg Quint did experiment with is certain things like text-to-speech, for example. So automatically converting all your articles to audio files. They did see some good traction with that. Um, I don't know if they're continuing with that approach right now, but we, we did experiment with uh, automatically having audio files for all of your content that could help users who are basically on the road uh, to even listen to their content. So that was one part of using AI. The second thing is uh, we have worked with a couple of partners out here to look at recommendation engines which is based on your browsing pattern, can we look at what are the various stories that we can uh, send to you? If you're looking at mainly, let's say, uh, stories related to the steel sector, can I recommend more stories that you would probably need to read in this space or what other audience has read? That's also something that Bloomberg Quint had experimented some time back. Uh, at this point, I think they are looking at an editorially controlled way of saying, if you're reading the story, here's a link to other stories that you also may want to read. Uh, they're seeing better traction out there. And that's something that we've been following up with. Uh, sorry, I know you mentioned that there's a combination of things that helped achieve their growth. That, and particularly the North Star metric is the main thing that you guys look at. But case study again mentions the fact that they've grown on average 300% year on year. What would you say are the few main things that publishers can learn from, from being able to achieve that from scratch? There are two things that a publisher who's starting from scratch needs to get right. The first part of it is you need to focus on good original content. 
as a publisher if you're just syndicating content or rewriting somebody else's content that's not a great place to start if you're creating great original content it could be local news it could be something very niche in the vertical i think that's a non-negotiable part uh, which is focusing on great content and second thing is the technology part of it right so you could have great content but if your technology is completely slowing you down then that becomes a problem so you need to make sure that your uh, whatever cms and solution that you're using is extremely fast and kept up to date with all of the changes that have been there so in case of bloomberg quint they had both of them working for uh, both of these cases working for them they had a fantastic editorial team that was writing really great content they had good technology as well that was backing them with all of this content as well but having said that while you in the initial few days when you're in the probably initial few months when you're growing your audience there are multiple ways that you're, you're probably looking at every single channel that an audience is looking at this is a new brand right so people don't recall that brand at this point so you're looking at being active on social you're looking at being active on various channels let's say reddit on um, various other places where people read financial news you're looking at syndicating your content elsewhere as well so all of that just to get readership just to start getting audience recognizing that brand and a lot of times it also may be that some of your articles that you're doing really well you would promote those articles on twitter or facebook or something to reach a much bigger audience as well and once that happened i think once people start recognizing the brand and people start realizing these are really good original content pieces we saw a lot of other influencers people who are in the industry retweeting some of these stories and that was an accelerating point for bloomberg quint growing its audience so the moment you have let's say a union minister or somebody retweeting a story from bloomberg quint that adds a lot of authority to that domain a lot, a lot of authority to the editorial team over there so those are the next few steps that we saw significant increase in kind of traffic that we saw and then over, over the last now uh, i think the last few years it's mainly been organic just trying to create a lot more content as they go ahead create a lot more videos videos are definitely a lot more engaging but it's expensive it's uh, for all publishers i don't think they may not be able to start with videos at the very initial stage because producing videos are quite expensive when you get to a certain stage when you have a certain audience i think videos start pushing your engagement significantly higher people see a lot more videos people are engaging with the videos a lot more and start reading the text content as well following that so that's basically the three factors that we saw with bloomberg quint which pushed their reach to their audience significantly higher than what we've seen with other publishers as well absolutely i think those are really good milestones that you that you outlined um i really appreciate that you did that's that's really awesome one component obviously you said in those milestones was about trying to scale up the content so from what you saw from the outside was that just simply bringing on more team members once they were able to get enough engagement to monetize their content or did you think more of the publishing side roll that out yes so bloomberg quint increased their editorial team significantly uh, over the last 2 3 years right so till the pandemic i think hit bloomberg quint was a fairly big team that was creating a lot of content uh, a lot of content across sectors as well and there was also a lot of good original content coming from bloomberg.com that was very relevant to the indian audience as well there are some fantastic opinion pieces about how the indian economy is working or and what needs to change and stuff so these are the points which started looking at generating a lot of content which increased a lot more audience engagement which reached increase the audience reach as well in the first few years they probably producing about anywhere less than 50 stories a day so over a period of time they've been looking at writing 100 to 200 stories a day and syndicating a lot more stories as well so you see as you start seeing a lot more audience engagement providing 
different articles or providing a widespread range of articles definitely helps you get a better audience reach and better audience engagement. How can publishers overcome the increasing costs? Obviously, there's there's enough revenue to pay on the table to be able to bring on more team members to be able to do more expensive things like videos. But obviously, it's just not like very analog in trying to just publish more video and hope for the best and do the videos. I guess it's more more focusing on, on improving the engagement. I guess, um, like you said, so were you across much of the engagement plan once they came to the point of investing a lot more in videos, or is that just something that they did in more internally? Most of those cases, the publisher is working internally on their strategy. They just consult with us saying that, is this something that will work pretty well for them or not? And uh, particularly in case of Bloomberg Quint, they had a really good video team. They actually have a fantastic video team that's producing fantastic videos out there. Even during the pandemic, they immediately shifted to like a mobile phone kind of a model where you'd have interviews running out there, right? Instead of an entire studio set up and stuff. So they've been very agile. The video team has been excellent in trying to get high quality videos out there. We are not actually involved in looking at or producing videos in any form, but a lot of our publishers do ask us how videos do or how certain other formats do. For example, if you look at Google's new formats around visual stories, all of that is something that a lot of entertainment sites are getting with. So that's something that we consult with other publishers as well to see, okay, if you're an entertainment or a sports site or something like that, maybe you should be on these channels as well to start increasing your engagement on your site. I just had a side question. I was just curious, like what, what you've seen in, if publishers were going to start from scratch in India, I think audience size is going to be matter. Um, would you say it is a little more beneficial for publishers who want to start there due to the larger audience or, or does that not matter? Um, I know CPMs are a little bit more or less, but do you think that for Bloomberg Quint that helped them having a larger localized audience to help them move on to the path of subscriptions? Do you think that they helped them or that doesn't really matter because it, it, they're just focusing on the niche? What are your thoughts around that? Actually, I don't think that matters so much. I, I don't think just the volume of people out here would matter so much. If you're taking a particular niche, we know even outside India, there are a few publishers that we work with. There's a publisher in the US who's pretty much writing about the betting industry, right? Uh, horse horse betting or casino betting and all of that stuff. And it's a very niche industry that they write about. Very small audience as well, but they're getting pretty good engagement on their site. So it, it may not be the best solution to go after like just the most populous place or a very wide audience. If you can pick a niche, I think you'll get better engagement and you can look at alternative monetization models than just depending on ad-based revenue. If you are looking at ad-based revenue, then you need to cast the wide, the net really wide. You need to be one of the most popular brands in whatever you're picking up. You Either a national uh, media outlook or one of the biggest sports brand that's covering all kinds of sports and stuff. Just coming back to publishers looking for the technology solutions, I guess it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on if any publishers that are more legacy brands, how do you think they can move towards updating their platform and also looking at new revenue models? What, what would be the transformation that they'll need to take? Actually, that's a great question. And we come across a lot of publishers in this space. I think the legacy brands, people who are so entrenched in, let's say, print or broadcast, they, they see digital as an evolution. They, they see digital as, okay, I need to be on digital as well. I need to be on these channels. I need to be uh, looking at this. But bear in mind, digital is a completely different beast. And there's probably a lot of unlearning coming from these platforms than just trying to say, I'll set up a website and set up apps and, and, and get it going. Let me give you an example, right? So if you look at 
on the digital space in most of the websites, unless you are probably the national brand or the number one regional brand in, in that space, a lot of your traffic comes on your story pages. Hardly anybody visits your homepage and section pages, which a lot of publishers spend a lot of money just building that brand. They, they say, okay, these are the colors I want, this is the design I want and all that stuff. And they build, they spend a lot of money just trying to build a homepage and section page. But from our data, we get less than 10% of our traffic on our homepage across our publishers. Unless you are the number one national brand in that, where you probably get 20 to 25% of your traffic on homepage. For 99% of the publishers, it's very little traffic on the homepage. So you need to start thinking about side doors in, in digital. You need to say that your audience is not going to come to your site mainly because of your homepage or section pages. They'll probably come from Facebook. They'll come from Google search. They'll come from Twitter. They may come from various other side doors. So you optimize your story pages. And that's a very different way of thinking than saying, okay, we'll, we'll start sequentially about homepage, section page, story pages, perfect. That's probably the wrong way to go. And also in digital right now, content consumption is massively on mobile. Over 80%, 80, 80, 80 to 85% of our traffic across all publishers comes from the mobile devices. Yeah. So you need to optimize for mobile. And the entire thing around mobile first needs to be there, entrenched into the system, right? Most people look at these big designs like on retina displays and all that stuff, which is completely irrelevant because most of your audience just cares about how fast it loads on my six-inch screen that I have. And you don't have too much of design elements on that six-inch screen that you, you can show, right? So your content is a differentiator, how fast you can render that entire page and still keep the users engaged. That is something that is a differentiator. And that's the mindset that I think legacy publishers need to start coming into terms with, which is it's not the same world as what your print and broadcast was, where you could create this fantastic graphics and all of this stuff. That's not what audience on digital requires. Audience on digital requires that the news is available right now to me, and it's available as fast as I can get when I'm on the move and various formats, right? The same content. You could have a long form content, but it may not be read by all of your audience. So your exact same long form content can be condensed into a short video. It could be a podcast for people who are driving. It could be a slide, an Instagram kind of a story or a Google Amp story. You will probably need to be on various formats and various channels as well. I may not even read your article on your site. I may read it on Apple News or Google News or maybe any other aggregator that's out there. All of these are what uh, publishers need to look at. And that's the reason, that's the complexity that digital starts bringing in. And that's when you need a good partner, whether it's Arc Publishing, WordPress VIP, Quintype, anybody else, uh, most of these systems start aggregating to or uh, distributing to various channels. They, they give you the benefits of various formats at the click of a button, converting your entire story to speech. All of that is something that you should start expecting from digital platforms. Nice. I think in terms of, yeah, then looking at the, the steps to getting them across uh, uh, either a new platform or to get them thinking about those methods? Is it just simply about creating a plan internally and just working on the transformation or how have you seen your onboarding process work with, with those legacy publishers? So I think change happens within most people usually have somebody working very closely with them who's already been there and done that, right? Who's been through a digital transformation journey and they are they're very clear about what this entire legacy system needs to do uh, or legacy organization needs to do. So usually you probably need at least one person who's helping you with that mm -hmm. and somebody who can help you evaluate a system that will help be a technical partner for you because you don't want to be 
digital as i said is a is a brand new beast it's, it's very complicated compared to every other channel that you're looking at so you don't want to wrestle with technology and trying to figure out how to get your technology right what we want publishers is to do is focus on creating great content and let partners handle technology for them and that's basically how it would work best if you're trying to do content and technology i think you've got your feet on too many things right you had you got your hands in way too many plates and it's not going to get easy for you unless you are a very big organization that has a dedicated tech team we would not recommend that so just coming back to your question i think the better way to work with is if you can find a consultant who has worked on digital transformation for any other customer or if you have a technical partner who can help you with that that may be a better way to go ahead than just trying to reinvent yourself within the organization because within the organization there will be biases about how you've done it in the past and why it has worked for you and that makes sense i mean everyone has to stick to their strengths and if you could smartly get the right people to help you set up the right processes and that makes it a lot more unbiased and a lot more efficient and a lot more beneficial for the organization in the long run so that, that totally makes sense chidi just to i guess finish off what some of the things you're looking forward to for this year and both in terms of quintype or any of the publishing solutions that publishers should be aware of that they need to start considering more closely sure i'll answer this in two parts the first thing that we are considering at quintype is we've been primarily selling in india and southeast asian market so far we are looking at expanding to other markets we've been we've got a partner in the eu that we are working very closely with we've got a partner in africa as well that we are working with we'll be looking at north and south america sometime in the first half of this year so looking at expanding our operations into various regions that's one part of what we're looking at we're also looking at expanding our offerings so far we've been working mainly with news publishers we will be getting a new offering for magazine publishers i think most magazine publishers are still stuck slightly in the old world where magazines are either rendered as pdf or these flip magazines which may be working pretty well on ipads but they don't really work too well on your mobile phone where the font is too small right so we're looking at how we can reinvent that entire thinking on the magazine publishers so that's something in the works then other question you had was what publishers need to think about uh, for this year i think the biggest change that every publisher is gearing up for is uh, in may google is going to change its algorithm to rank based on page speed every single publisher that we're talking to right now just talks about page speed and we at quintype are also doing a lot to make sure that all of our sites are significantly faster completely meet all of the core web vitals requirements those are things that we are working on our side and we should be ready by uh, mid april across all our customers as well so i think that's one of the biggest changes that will come and of course keeping in mind videos we do see that with the rollout of 5g over the next couple of years the video consumption across the world is going to go through the roof and it would make sense for publishers to start investing or at least thinking about what their video strategy is yeah there was a time that that the publishers were like video only publishers but it didn't work out but maybe that was just the beginning to, but now there's a, a mainstream consumption now so yeah I, i agree with a lot of what you're saying and that's even web vitals is something that's also our main focus as well here at sdp for some of our publishing clients as well so 100% with that thank you for your time and with your insights i think the steps that you gave were very practical and I wish you guys all the best and success in your expansion to North America. Thanks, Ray. Thank you for listening to the SEO and Publishing Podcast. Visit stateofdigitalpublishing.com for digital media publishing resources, services, and collaboration today.